Insights to Live By, the podcast, where we discover new pearls of wisdom to put into action and enrich the daily lives of others. Welcome, everyone, to a special guest episode of Insights to Live By. I am your host, Matt Zinman. We have someone amazing, unique. I'm just going to get right into it. This is actually the best friend of the Philly Fanatic, the most beloved mascot in all of sports, Tom Burgoyne. Tom, it's great to meet you. Welcome. How you doing, Matt? Great to see you. Thanks for having me on your podcast. Thank you. Oh, it's a pleasure. Oh, I'm such a fan. And, you know, you and I, uh, uh, you know, have uh, you know, a number of things in common, of course, being Philly natives. And uh, we just realized what we're like 15 minutes from each other. Yeah, we're not far at all where we are now for those hearing the audio. uh, What what I'm seeing here on screen are are lots of pictures of your best friend, the Philly fanatic. And when we say best friend, it's more like alter ego. Is that a, is that a fair statement? We're very close, Matt. We're very, very Very close. I don't think anybody could be as close to the fanatic as I am. Yeah. He doesn't go many places without you. I'm pretty sure about that. (laughs) You never see us both in the same room at the same time. That's, that's true. That's very cool. Right. Even though we are close. You're kind of like the Clark Kent of, of, uh, sports mascots. That's very funny. Um, well, Tom, I just want to, uh, you know, step back and give you a little bit more of a proper introduction. So the, you know, the audience knows your best friend, quote, but they might not know you as well. Let me just share that, uh, Tom, you have performed at uh, all the Phillies home games. Uh, This is your 32nd season uh, in this role. You have entertained in upwards of 60 million people. Yeah. Uh, in, in one way, shape, or form. You're also an author, and I, I love to talk to you about that today. Uh, I'm not sure people know that. You're co-author of a book which is called Feel the Love, of course, with the PH. You know, that's, that's a given. And how the most powerful force in the universe builds great companies, and Philly fanatic style. And then you are the co-author of two other Phillies books, I'm just going to, you know, speed up because there's so much here. But you uh, also author children's books. I don't know many people know that. You have 15 children's books chronicling the adventures of the Philly Fanatic. And this was one I absolutely did not know. You've written and directed four Philly Fanatic movies. Yeah. <laughs> Is that right? Yes. They, did you they ever- were never, they were, you know, never released in the theater. That, that would have been pretty cool to, you know, really go to the movies to see one of my, you know, one of my movies, but uh, yeah, straight to video, but uh, yeah, a lot of fun putting those together, Matt. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, such a, an expansive experience for you, you know, starting out uh, as, as you did when you did. Now that was, was it 1989? That's right. That's that right. right. Okay. Yeah. And then you and I in the pre-conversation realized I did an internship for the Philadelphia Phillies yeah. in 1988. Yeah. So we did, our paths didn't quite cross. You and I have met many, many times, but we've never spoken. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sure a lot of people are curious you know, what you sound like. <laughs> people try and get you to talk all the time yeah yeah you know the fanatic is mute you know he's a rare species of bird from the galapagos islands so uh you know birds don't talk 
And, uh, you know, I use, I speak Galapagos, so, you know, I'm, I'm able to translate <laughs> for it. <them. laughs> That's very funny. Um, and, and then of course, what you look like, everyone wonders who's, who's under the costume. So yeah, it's not pretty, is it, Matt? <laughs> you're doing okay, Tom. You're doing okay. You know, I'm pretty amazed. You look like a very young guy, you know, 30, 32 years. I'm like, how's that? Okay. <laughs> well, nonetheless, most people hear the podcast, uh, audibly, but you know, we'll we'll do a few you know clips. People will will get the answer to uh, you know the best friend. We'll just go quote unquote there. Um, again, welcome to Insights to Live by. I I am I'm a little bit in 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 awe. I'm, I'm just I'm such a big fan of yours. <laughs> um, what are what are some of your favorite things to do? You know, over over you know, of all the things that you do, you know, you're shooting hot dogs. You know, off the the four wheeler, you know, like you've got so many different things that you do. What are some of your favorite acts that you perform? Well, you know, when you talk about a Phillies game, I think the the my most favorite part of the game is the pregame before the game. You know, uh, the Phillies. You know, the, the fanatic has been around for a while, uh, and and the Phillies always from day one have always. Uh, really supported the fanatic and let the fanatic do his thing. You know that just about every team in baseball has a mascot, but there are other teams that maybe don't let their mascots, you know, on the field, or maybe they're not allowed on the dugout, or they, you know, eh, you can be here but you can't be there, and they kind of put the reins on them. And uh, the Phillies have always let the fanatic do his thing, and and part of that is before the game you know, goofing around with the players and the, and the umpires and, you know, the national anthem singers or the first guy's going to throw out the first pitch. And, uh, you know, it's really that time of night where, you know, the fanatic's on his four-wheeler uh, and he can zip. That four-wheeler is great because you can really zip around the field. And right. It's, yeah, it's you almost, gotta, yeah, it's have so much like time. a um, cartoon, you know, where Bugs Bunny can be here, you know, can be here, there, you know, and, and everywhere. And the fanatic can uh, kind of zip around. And, of course – you know, fans just love seeing the Fanatic get into it with the players. And so that's always been a, you know, a long tradition of the Fanatic, uh, you know, having fun with the players. So it, it's really a kind of a freewheeling, crazy part of the night for me. That's incredible. And, uh, you know, I, it's got to be among the best jobs in the world. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, certainly, like, everyone would be like, can I be the Fanatic for a day? You ever do that with anybody? Nobody else has ever slipped into that costume. You, you know, and it's, uh, there's times I wish, that I grew up, Matt, you know, just a huge, huge Philadelphia sports fan. And that's, right. it's not a, a cliche. I mean, I was, I grew up in Jakentown, uh, Pennsylvania, right outside of Philly. And yeah. I was the kid in Jakentown, it was like, who was just the avid, crazy Philadelphia sports fan back in the 70s and 80s. And um so you know for me to get this dream job is uh it's it's just that it's a dream job and sometimes i do think boy i wish every philadelphia sports fan had the opportunity just once to be the fanatic you know for one day and um uh because uh it's 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 just been a a real a real crazy way to go through life that's for sure (laughs) no to say the least and and you do it year-round i mean even without baseball right you're making appearances and uh i saw things like you perform for the supreme court yeah yeah that was a that was a crazy (laughs) one yeah like you never know where you're gonna end up you never know um that's wonderful now i you know i think the obvious also with this particular season right is the adjustment and you know, it is part of the timing of wanting to have you on, although I'd have you on any time. Uh, but baseball, uh, you know, coming back online, the first major sport, people, you know, enjoying it. It's a little, it's a little dicey with some of what's going on with the, the Marlins players and, and 
you know, everything with, I'm sure with Poyer's Union. And, and yet the other thing is that you are performing in what is unfortunately an empty park for the most yeah. part. Yeah. Yeah, boy, talk about surreal and just the weirdest thing ever. You know, when you think about it, a, a mascot's job is to kind of go where the party's at, you know, where the crowd's at and, you know, the, uh, not only at the ballparks, but yeah, weddings and bar mitzvahs and, you know, uh, church uh, carnivals and community festivals and, you know, hospitals and nursing homes, you know, all the things that the fanatic, uh, all the places he goes to. So it's really unusual uh, not to have that right now. And then certainly at the game, uh, just very, very strange. You know, the fanatic is, is the only fan. Uh, he's, he's representing all those Philadelphia sports fans out there. So it's, a, it's quite a responsibility on his shoulders. Um, and, uh, but it's very, very strange. That's for sure. Yeah. You know, it's funny, you know, when, when as a spectator and I know when they played the first game, whatever that, whatever, which I can't remember which one that was, but, um, it was silent, pure silence. Uh, you know, now, and I don't know if all the major teams are doing this, but you have the cardboard cutouts right behind home plate. So when, you know, naturally when the pitch is thrown, it's like so odd at first to see, and then you're kind of like, Oh, there's a little, you know, big head of a baby and you know, <laughs> like whatever it, you know, dogs, uh, all the things that you guys have going on. And then you kind of start to get used to it. And yeah, I think right? it looks really good. I was just down at the ballpark uh, this morning actually. And, uh, they've, they've installed more of them. So now they're really extending past the dugouts and, uh, we have 5,000, uh, orders for cardboard cutouts. Which right. Is you're doing it for charity, great. right? And raising money for charity. And you're right, Matt. Like it, it, when you look at it on TV, it's like, you know what, that looks actually looks pretty good, you know? And, and it, it was a great idea by the Phillies and that, uh, that, that first series, uh, we had all our, um, uh, essential workers and our nurses and, and doctors and right. he our heroes in those first uh, few rows. So they got a lot of face time, you know, that first series. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. You know, and then uh, I think the first games were also silent and now they're they're They have almost like a white, you know, a crowd yeah. white noise. Yeah. And then if something happens uh, it's just like this subtle elevation, it's not like a roar, but it's, you know, how it's interesting, you know, how does the league handle this situation. And then, you know, for you, you're not hearing any of that. You're, you're out there in the stands, you know, performing as you are. I saw you carrying Bryce Harper's head. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Bryce, you know, he's a big fan of the fanatic and it started last year when he came to Philadelphia, you know, he had a special bat made, he had special socks. He's, he wore, uh, you know, uh, special had special shoes on opening day and then this year he shows up at the ballpark in this, uh, you know, suit custom suit with the inside lining, um, you know, with pictures of the fanatic, he had new fanatic shoes on, you know, the first game. And so, uh, he's been a, a really big fan of the fanatic. And so the fanatic, yeah, he went out to right field and thanked Bryce for wearing such a cool suit. And, uh, he had the big fat head of Bryce's Harper's head, you know, uh, that he was showing any, everybody. So yeah, they got a bromance going, Matt. That's for sure. That's awesome. It's, you know, and I know we're, you know, we kind of toggle here because I say you, but it's really him and you say he, but it's really me. <laughs> Does that ever confuse you? Like, you know, a you have a, like a, a personality complex. Exactly. Yeah. Multi-personality. <laughs> That's amazing. So now you, do you have family? I do. Yeah. 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 Tell, tell us about yourself. I yeah well like I said I was born in uh, Jake in town and um, uh, it's fine I went to St. Joe's Prep so uh, you know local uh, Philadelphia high school and, and that's actually where I became a mascot for the first time uh, you know the the prep is uh, the kind of the 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 
companion school to St. Joe's University. So we both had the Hawk. So my senior year at the prep, I was the Hawk. And then, uh, which was fun. And even then, Matt, I, you know, I, people said, oh, did you flap your arms like the, the Hawk at the university? And uh, no, I, uh, I was more Fanatic-like. You know, I, I kind of clowned around a little bit more like the Fanatic because I was such a fan of the Fanatic. Uh, then I went to Drexel University. Uh, they are the Drexel Dragons. However, I was not a, I was not a, a dragon, uh, you know, but uh, graduated uh, at, with a, a degree in marketing. And uh, yeah, that's how, you know, I took a job selling business forms, Matt, uh, and computer supplies. And uh, I did that for about six months and I wasn't really great at it. So next thing you know it, I'm looking in the one ads and that's where I saw an ad that said mascots want it. Really? Uh, under M, I remember I was looking under M for marketing, M for management, and then M, it said mascots want it and send a, a, a resume and a, a letter to a PO box. It didn't say anything about the Phillies or the, wow. you know, the fanatic. And uh, I sent this letter in and uh, just at, on a whim thinking, oh, well, I, I was a mascot. I, I could use a few extra bucks. I thought I, I thought I'd be like the, uh, you know, the Statue of Liberty at tax time, waving people down to, you know, do their taxes or right. you know, working at McDonald's. Like, I'm, you know, the grimace from McDonald's, like, what is this? And then the Phillies called, you know, a week later saying, hey, we got your resume and come on down to interview and, and audition for the Philly Fanatic job, which which uh, was the backup uh, Fanatic uh, job. Uh, Dave wow. Raymond, who was the original uh, best friend of the Fanatic, uh, had been performing for 11 years, and uh, they always had a, a backup performer for him uh, to handle a lot of the outside appearances. So that's what I went down and uh, auditioned and interviewed for, and it was crazy, and yeah, I wound up with the job, and I was Dave's backup for five years, uh, and then he retired after the 1993 season, and uh, yeah, I've been doing all the games since 1994. That, that's incredible. You know, I, 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 I'm, I'm so glad you got into that story. It really sounds serendipitous, right? You yeah. were mascot and yeah. then you're just, it's not like you, you know, not a lot of ads for mascots that you'd ever see. And, and, and there it was, and, and it's interesting that the Phillies kept it so low profile, uh, you know, I guess they, yeah. you know, I'm sure everybody, right. 60,000 people who, you know, would want that job. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's it's, incredible. It's really interesting. Uh, you know, I, when I do keynote talks and uh, as you mentioned, write a book, wrote a, one book and I know we'll talk about that later, but uh, there is something to be said for, you know, doing what you love. And uh, you know, if you're fortunate enough, you're able to do that. And when we were writing that book, I, you know, I, I, you do a little bit of self-reflection and uh, it's like, I really feel like I was meant to do this job, you know, really was, you know, grew up, you know, just a, the class clown. Uh, I loved the fanatic growing up. I was a big Philadelphia sports fan. So when I got the job, I tell you a quick story here. I sure. to tell you how much I was meant to do it. Uh, I went to the bank that day uh, after getting the call from the Philly saying, you got the job. Yeah, I'm on cloud nine. Like, I can't believe I'm going to be the fanatic. Like, that's crazy. And I went to the bank and uh, there was a woman who worked in the bank who I uh, was friends with her kids, you know, and I knew her name was Mrs. Doherty. Hey, Mrs. Doherty, I come to the bank. Hey, Tom, how you doing? And I said, oh, you'll never believe it. I just got a new job. You'll never believe it. And she goes, wait, don't tell me you're going to be the next Philly fanatic. <laughs> so what? it's like, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I think it was always inside me. So, um, you know, to be able to kind of 
do that thing that is inside you, I think is a real blessing. Oh, for sure. Any idea how, what your competition was? How many, how many <laughs> yeah. people are going out for that mascot? Yeah, as a matter of fact, yeah, there were about 15 uh, applicants back then in 1989. And a lot of them did have mascotting experience. I, you know, professional mascotting experience. I really mm -hmm. didn't have much experience. And, um, and uh, yeah, so it was interesting. You know, it was really quite an interesting interview and then an audition too, which I didn't think I did that great, but as it turns out, they liked my, what I was doing. So That's I got incredible. Well, what's I think even more notable and, and, and a widely held uh, fact is that the Philly Fanatic is, is not just the most notable and beloved mascot in baseball, but maybe even in all of sports. And, uh, you know, I know you're talking, we're talking about your friend here, but you know, you might have something to do with that. Um, why do you think that happened? What, what elevated the fanatic to be, you know, to set, you know, in, himself apart? Yeah, there, I think there, uh, I usually say there are three factors. Uh, one is, yeah, I think you have to have the right performer. Uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, have to be enthusiastic and just want to love, you know, love it. And, you know, I think they, got, they found the right guy with me. Um, it's a great costume too. Um, you know, it really, even though it looks like it's big and he is, he's big and fat and clumsy and gulp, you know, but the fact is the costume's designed in such a way that I think the fanatic, when he reacts and he kind of does the double take and he looks, you know, one way, you know, he, he, it's very real. It's very lifelike where, you know, I always think of Mr. Med who has, you know, this big baseball on his head and a lot of mascots, these big things. And it's, you know, when you, when you are trying to be animated, it's hard to do. Um, and then third, you know, I think the Phillies, um, you know, have done such a great job supporting, you know, the character, you know, the fanatic has all the toys, you know, his ATV and his hot dog launcher. And like I, I said, he gets to kind of play around and uh, they, they let him do his thing. They don't, uh, they really kind of let me do my thing and come up with, you know, ideas. And, um, you know, so I think that's a, a, a big part of it too. And then, you know, now I think, uh, you know, he's been around so long. So it's, right. it's pretty cool. It's really a, a very much a generational thing. You know, I'll, I'm at the ballpark and, you know, I see dads with their kids running after the Fanatic and, you know, I hear him say, come on, let's go get the Fanatic. You know, when I was a kid, this is what we did. Let's right. go you know, yeah. high five the Fanatic. So it's, it's really now a multi-generational uh, thing and um, that's cool. Uh, and then I'll say one other factor too, which maybe it contributed to the, the national um, appeal and that is, uh, it's interesting. As I mentioned, the Fanatic has always goofed around with the players. And over time, those players have gotten jobs in the broadcast booth. So when the Chicago Cubs come to town and you have Rick Sutcliffe, let's say, you know, who's the color analyst, you know, they're, they'll show the Fanatic when the, when the visiting team comes to town. And Rick Sutcliffe will tell stories about how much he loved coming to Philadelphia and goofing with the Fanatic. So, uh, so I think there are just a bunch of, I think, factors that, that go into the fanatic. It's got a ripple effect. Plus, there's the Supreme Court. How did that happen? <laughs> yeah. You know what? So uh, Justice Sam Alito uh, hmm. is a huge Philadelphia Phillies fan. So much so he did our uh, fantasy camp one year. So he's a, he's a big fan. So we got a call uh, from the folks at the Supreme Court, and they have a, um, they have a, a tradition. So at when the new, he was, a, he was a rookie justice that year. And at the end of the year, they have a dinner in his honor, just the nine. And there were, 
uh, there were about three or four other people at this dinner. So a, very, a private dinner in the United States Department of Justice building in Washington. So they called down and said, hey, we want to have the fanatic surprise, you know, Justice Alito. So ah, great. So I go down there. It was a Friday night. And um, uh, I go in. I got dressed in Sandra Day O'Connor's office, which I, I remember she had retired. She wasn't uh, uh on the court at that time she'd retired but she still had an office there and i remember thinking they're gonna have to fumigate her office after the fanatics <laughs> through uh you know changing in here but uh i'll never forget it. I'm, you know fanatic is hiding you know kind of outside the dining room where they are having they just finished eating justice Breyer st stands up and he clinks his glass and he says uh has sam stand up and he says sam you know you're never gonna agree with everybody here at this table but uh, we did find somebody who you always agree with. And that's when the fanatic come busting into the room. You know, he lays a big smooch on Justice Alito and then kind of worked around the table. You know, Clarence Thomas, uh, the fanatic buffed his bald head and he, yeah, the fanatic bowed to Chief You can get away with Robert. anything. You're with the Supreme Court. Yeah, you yeah, do, it was it's crazy. Like you now own that room. That's, in, that's just fascinating. Yeah, it, I it love was, that. It was quite a night. And when I drove home, I called, you know, some family members like, you can't believe what I just did, you know? So yeah, it's pretty cool. That's amazing. How do you stay cool? You don't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, you take, uh, you yeah, know, take breaks. It can't be possible, right? Physics, yeah, take, you know, you're in a furry yeah, costume. Yeah, breaks and... throughout the game. And, uh, you know, I change T-shirts constantly and drink a lot of fluids. And I have a fan yeah. that, you know, I get some air. And uh, so I'm in and out of kind of a break room down there at the ballpark. But, right. uh, yeah, because the Fanatic's always, you know, he's, he's always, he can't just be walking around and doing nothing. He's always on. He's always high energy. So it does, uh, it does you know, take some energy. <laughs> wow. Yeah, to say the least. Um, I have so many questions for you. Um, you know, I really, I really would love to talk about your your book, and uh, I, I, I books. I mean, where would you want to go? There's the children's mm -hmm. series. There, you know, the, the feel the love is, is is that that seems to be yeah, the primary feel the love. one. Yeah, that's yeah. And, and the way I got started, I got very fortunate uh, with writing books. Actually, my next door neighbor, and I'm I'm looking out my window at his house right now. That's he's just literally right across the street from me. He's uh, worked at Pico for 30 years. But he was also a freelance writer, and uh, he wrote a book about the 1960 Eagles team. I'm like, yeah, Bob, I didn't know you were a writer. This is this book is awesome, you know, about the 60 Eagles. And then uh, he he said, hey, why don't we do a book on the 93 Phillies? So um, right. with you know my insights as being you know on the club at that time, and uh, it was one of my favorite teams of all time, the 93 Phillies. Uh, so we wrote a, a book that really did well, more than beards, bellies, and biceps. Story of the 93 team. And, uh, and then we wrote another book together uh, about the moving into the new ballpark uh, called Moving On Up. Uh, it was, we told a lot of Philadelphia stories from the past in this book. And then uh, that kind of led also to this uh, kids book series. I got 17 kids books. Uh, they're illustrated by Len Epstein, who's been illustrating the Fanatics since the uh, mid 80s. And uh, so that's been fun. But I will say, yeah, this last book, uh, Matt, I'm, I was really excited about. I can't believe it's already, uh, I think, four years old. I can't believe Phil the Love's It's timeless, though. It's timeless. Yeah, it kind of is. It really is. Um, I had the fortune to write that book with Evan Marcus. Uh, he is a um, business consultant. He, he works with executive teams. He's a, like a, a, a personal coach. Uh, so he came at it from that end. And... Um, yeah, it's just really neat. I'd be happy to tell you how even that, that even came about. Um, sure. Uh, I was given a keynote 
and uh, you know about my life as the fanatic. And Evan was in the in the audience, and somebody introduced me to him afterwards, and um, and he said, "Boy, that was a great you know. I do some talking, and I have some ideas for you. You know, I'm like, hey, great. I'd I'd love to kind of make my keynote better. So we started to meet, and all of a sudden he said, just tell stories. So I would tell him stories, and ideas would formulate. And I'll tell you what happened. I, I wound up, um, we were going to meet one day and I was a little late and I came in and I just told him the story offhand, just said, you know, it's funny. I just had lunch with my wife and my kids and uh, we were at a Bertucci's, uh, you know, here in Montgomeryville and um, the waitress found out what I did for a living. And when that happened, she found out. And of course the first comes over to our table and the first words out of her mouth were, I love you. I love the fanatic. And I, I get that all the time. And my wife's rolling her eyes and my boys are like, Oh yeah, we've heard this before. And it's very nice. You know, she's showing me her screensaver on her phone. That's the Philly fanatic. And so I'm telling uh, Evan the story and um, you know, that's when it kind of dawned on us that, you know, what business, what company wouldn't want their clients and their customers, their employees to love them as much as people have this love and for the fanatic. Um, so that's just really opened the door to, um, you know, the, the theme of the book and, uh, we have a workshop. We now Evan and I, I do my own keynotes, but then we also go out and do workshops for companies, uh, and how to, um, you know, kind of infuse love into, you know, business, uh, and, and into every mission statement, uh, uh, you know, for, for a company. So it's, it's been really a great, a great uh, ride with that. I mean, I, I think it to a degree it, it, you know, in terms of being timeless, it comes around now, you know, with people being mm. displaced and, you know, the leadership and authenticity that's needed, uh, you know, from company CEOs and, uh, and it's a great message, you know, it, it, it gets, it, it's well delivered. So, and we, we got away from the, the one question about your family. You, you know, you, you're obviously you're married. You mentioned your boys. How old are your kids? Three boys. Yeah. 25, 23 and 17. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think of their dad being? <laughs> yeah. It was kind of interesting when they were growing up, you know, drop them, dropping them off at school. And I've this big Philly fanatic van, you know, with the fanatic painted all over it. And, you know, I'm dropping them off and, you know, we're trying to keep it a secret. You know, we, we really had them kind of keep the secret. Like you can't tell anybody, you know, right. and they're like that. I think people know, you know, you're dropping us off and you know, at school in this big fanatic van. I think people are putting two and two together. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. Did you, did you have to stay secret in terms of your identity for any period of time? Um, well, with, with, uh, with my extended, it's funny, with my nieces and nephews, uh, I, we did, we kept it going. With my own kids, I was very upfront with them, even at a very young age, just so they, they knew, you know, what dad was doing. Uh, and then in terms of the Phillies, I know there are teams that um, the teams kind of hide the identities of, of uh, the, the performer. Sure. Um, you know, Dave Raymond, when he was, uh, you know, the, the first fanatic, he was great in front of the camera. He was a really engaging personality. And I think the Phillies kind of, uh, you know, saw that and thought, hey, Dave would be a great spokesperson for us. Let's just, he'll just call himself the friend of the fanatic and talk about the fanatic in the third person. So when he left, I kind of, you know, assumed that. And, um, and it's nice, you know, because you kind of can tell stories and, 
but you know you have to be careful sometimes. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, you know another curious uh, question is, you know, any rivalries? You know, you have Mr. Met. Like, do you get along with the other mascots? I mean, does he get along? I should say. Yeah, you know, uh, it's interesting with the other MLB mascots. Uh, in 1996, um, at the All Star Game, the Phillies hosted the All Star Game that year, and that was the first year that Major League Baseball started to send all the mascots to the All Star Game. Right. So um, it's pretty cool. I mean, you know, I've, I've now done, you know, 20, I've been to 20 or so, you know, all-star games in a row. And it's a fun time because all the mascots are there. Uh, we get a chance to, you know, hang out. And uh, so there are, I, I wouldn't say there are really any, you know, true rivalries. Right. You know, we, we have fun with each other a little bit, but, uh, okay. but it's all pretty friendly. You've never, you never had to throw down. <laughs> uh, Mr. Met. I think everyone's probably wondering, you know, it's a yeah. small club, right? You have, you have to back each other up. Um, well, you know, Tom, I, I, again, I, you know, if I had four hours, I'd have question after question for you, but, uh, you know, also want to gain a little bit more insight about you. Um, and, and this is a, a special segment that we do on insights to live by. I'm going to go to the screen and, uh, what you now see are insights about Tom Burgoyne. Um, Philly Fanatic. So uh, there are 12 options here, and you will be the only one to answer the questions that uh, these land on. So let's see what we got. All right, spin that wheel. Wheel is spinning. I feel like Bob. Uh, <laughs> it landed on favorite Philly ever. Ooh, let's now, see. Now, now you probably have to play. Let, let's. I don't know. How do you do yeah. this? Is this you? Yeah. Is this the Fanatic? You can't play favorites, but now you do. I think I, I have to answer that a couple ways. First okay. of all, I would say as me right now, uh, you know, when I think of my favorite Phillies, uh, it's, I think Chase Utley, I think of all time. Yeah. I used to just love watching him play, you know, um, with such uh, like unbridled enthusiasm. Used to love watching him run the bases. He has like the, the, the coolest, sweet little, uh, you know, stroke, you know, that swing of his was so compact. Right. Um, and I just liked how he went about his business. Uh, if you were to ask like a, you know, a 10 year old Philly fanatic, you know, uh, or 10 year old Tom Burgoyne, uh, <laughs> you know, I was, I grew up with the, the Mike Schmidt and the, you know, Larry right. Boas and, and Boa was uh, probably my favorite player. My first favorite player was Willie Montanez. If you remember Willie Montanez, wow. uh, we, we, uh, we had back in the early seventies, Larry Boa from that 80 team, all time, I'd say Chase Utley. And then if you were asking the fanatic, that's a tough one. Probably because... Bryce, though. You talk about the bromance you have. Oh, well, that's true. There okay. it is. Thank All right, we'll just, we'll just keep it even for you so we don't <laughs> offend right. Bryce Harbor. It, it definitely would have to be Bryce Harbor. That's okay. right. All right, easy answer. Okay, so we're going back again. We're going to do this three times. All right. Let's see where we go. The wheel is going to let us know. The moment oh. you'd relive... Yes. Now that's, I mean, 60 million fans that you've entertained <laughs> might not, this doesn't have to be fanatic related, Tom, you know, you're the interviewee and it, uh, no, I mean, okay. You know, the birth of your kids, like, you know, yeah, 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 kind yeah, of yeah. Stuff, right. So you get <laughs> no, where I'm going be, here. It's gotta be fanatic related. And, right. uh, people always ask me, what's the craziest thing you ever done? Well, like every day is crazy for me, really. I mean, every day I have a story to tell at the end of the day, you know? So, uh, wow. but I will say, uh, the 2008, uh, when we won the World Series, and then right. the parade two days later. And I'll give you a little story about that. So uh, in 1980, when the Phillies won the World Series, I cut school. I went down to 
Center City with a couple friends, and we climbed a statue. It's the statue right next to the clothespin. Yeah, the clothespin right at City Hall, and then right around the corner, just across the street, basically, is a statue that was in front of the Meridian Bank building. And we climbed the top of this thing, and uh, the, the trucks go by, and uh, we're going nuts. And it turns out, uh, two days later, the Philadelphia Inquirer put together a color supplement, a book, uh, in, this, in the uh, paper. And it was about the Phillies run to the World Series. And then on the back page, it was a full eight and a half by 10 uh, color picture of the statue that I was on with me on the top of the statue. Wow. Of course so it was I, you. Yeah. When I, when I interviewed for the Phillies job, uh, for the fanatic job, I went in and I brought that picture and I was showing it to, you know, the people interview. I'm like, that's me. Smart. I'm a huge fan. This is me. Uh, and then, you know, fast forward, you know, to 2008. Uh, where uh, the fanatic led uh, the parade, you know, two million people in the city. And I'll just never forget coming down Market Street, going around City Hall, and right on the right-hand side, there was the statue, which they had taken down that statue after the Meridian Bank fire, like back in the 90s. Right, I remember that, there. sure. Yeah, but they reinstalled that statue like that year. And sure enough, you know, when I saw all the kids on top of that statue, uh, you know, going nuts, I thought, man, that was me 28 years ago. So, uh, uh, for that, I, and if I could relive that again and just see all the joy and the emotion of the Philly fans that day, it was really something special. Yeah, that's that was almost a trick answer in a way because you're talking about reliving two moments at the yeah. same time. True, that's all true right. because there was nothing like being a fan, you know, when you're. When you're a kid and you're a fan of the hometown team, you know, there's nothing better than, I think, that enthusiasm. It's so pure. You know, I can tell you the, the numbers of every player from the Flyers in the 70s, the right. Sixers, the Phillies. And now it's funny, now that I, I'm working for the Phillies, I still I can't figure out the numbers. Who, you know, who's, who's who? But uh, back then, you know, it was, you lived for it. I mean, I'm a Flyers guy. I don't think I told you. I'm okay. a hockey player. I play ice hockey. I was born the day the Flyers played their first game. Is that right? How about that? Yeah. So I don't know. We probably have something in common, but it'll take us forever to figure it out. <laughs> um, all right. We got one more. All Let's right. Let's go back. Spin it. Ooh. Advice for your younger self. Hmm. Now, I don't know who that is. Are we talking you know, college Tom? Are we talking 10-year-old <laughs> on the statue Tom? What advice would I'm going to buy you a little bit of time here? This is a little bit of a tougher question. It is. It's pretty heavy, man. You know, I didn't know I'd be I like, gonna... if I were you, I'd be like, you know, Matt, that's a really good question, and <laughs> it reminds me of, you know, and you go off into some tangent. Funny, okay, I, now I have it. I could give myself advice, but I think I've I've lived like I kind of have been doing. Like I would say, hey, you know, work hard, uh, have fun while you're doing it, you know, and. Uh, yeah. And I really, I, I really believe that. And um, I think, I, I think I've been doing it now, but even, you know, even as a kid, I think I was doing that. I was the class clown. I was having a lot of fun and I kept busy. I was, you know, very active, uh, right. you know, with CYO and then, you know, working, you know, busting tables and, you know, getting jobs at Drexel. And, you know, I always, you know, kind of had the nose to the grindstone. So, sure. uh, but always try to have fun doing it. That's for sure. You know, that's a perfect segue that I, I don't know if that's one of your official insights to live by that, uh, you know, you, you, you uh, just uh, revealed in answering that question about yourself, but we can continue on that. Now, in the insights to live by segment, we, you know, we look at the fact that 
you know, honestly, if I think about it, you know, who has encountered more than 60 million people, right? You know, your, pers- your perspective on the human element, it, yeah. it really, really fascinates me. Now, of course, it's your choice. You, you can come up with, uh, with whatever insights you'd like. Uh, you can do one, two, or three, but whatever, if it, if it, I imagine it's three, I think you mentioned you wanted yeah, to. Yeah, uh, yeah, and I'm going to cheat a little bit, Matt, because okay. I am going to, uh, and it's not really cheating because these are uh, I won't tell. principles that I, I live by, but uh, there are actually three of our seven principles that are in the book. Oh, uh, you, know, you and, can cheat. Okay, that's yeah, fair. They're in there, you know, because what we tried to do in the book was, uh, you know, why do people love the fanatics so much? And how can, how can we, you, me, anybody out there kind of generate that kind of love? Uh, and we did it in a business sense. So it's like, how can we generate you know, love for our product or service that we're selling? But, but basically, they're just universal truths that you, know, you always uh, can kind of fall back on. Uh, and I'll tell you the first one. So the, the, our first principle is uh, the big, they're all kind of fanatic related. So it's the big smooch, but it's you got to love them first. Make people feel special and loved. And it was interesting when we started writing the book, you know, I started having to look at what exactly does the fanatic do that, you know, that makes people go crazy for them. You know, what do I do? And it's like, well, I hug, I, I kiss, I high five. I do think that the fanatic probably leads. I think I personally should be in the Guinness book of world records because I haven't high fived 60 million people out, you know, the 60 million people I've entertained, but, uh, I've high fived a lot of them. Yeah. Well, no, no doubt. I've, you've, I'm one of them, Tom. I can tell you that for certain at but, different ages, but it's yeah. one of those things that, you know, the fanatic does at a game, you know, he, he picks people out, he singles them out. He makes them feel special. Um, you know, uh, you know, maybe in the crowd, you know, he's going to sit maybe on your lap or he'll put his Jersey over your head or he'll spill popcorn over you. And it's like, he's, you know, you can hear the laughter when the, when the fanatic leaves and, you know, can you believe that? Can you believe that he came over here? He did that. Um, and, and, and really that happens just constantly, you know, there, there's one thing I'll do is if, if the fanatic's getting mobbed, you know, on the concourse, I'll, I pick out somebody 20 feet away and I'll just all, just make an all out sprint for that person. And you can see their eyes are bulging out of their head. Like here comes right, this he's coming for me. thing. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it's that idea, you know, in life, I think, um, you know, it's just it, it's 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 just a kind kind of a common truth that we we really are here to you know make other people feel special. So. Yeah, you know, and it translates. I mean, of course, you, you're, you're talking about being Philly fanatic related, but you know, it, it reminds me of all the uh, priorities around people, uh, you know, putting others first, being a go giver, and yeah. uh, you know, that's the right way to do business and yeah. you know feel the love. Uh, with the PH is is yes. a business uh, driven book and and you know mainly for those business leaders and, and it's a great reminder. So yeah. thank you. Yeah. So what would you uh, now? What I like also is you say, well, there's seven in the book, but we're only going to stick to three, so we're going to leave a little bit of mystery, right? <laughs> yeah, That's exactly. good. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Fair enough. What What would be the second? Another is uh, it's see through your customer's camera, but also what it is is make every encounter count. Kind of similar to, you know, you want to make people feel special, but that just that, you know, just take all the one-on-one interactions we have every day, you know, whether it's at work or at home or going out to the Wawa and getting your coffee, you know, just all those interactions. Right. And um, for the fanatic, it's, it's, that's where the magic happens. You know, when somebody kind of meets the fanatic for the first time or uh, can get a picture, you know, that's the one thing has changed too, Matt, like in all these years, 
you know, uh, it used to be I could go through a 10-game homestand and not pose for one picture, but now everybody wants a picture with the fanatic. And, right. uh, you know, when, I'm, when I hear there's going to be 40,000, you know, fans at the ballpark, I'm thinking, okay, well, that's 40,000 cameras. You know, they all want a picture of the fanatic. How are we going to do this? Right. But you, you might have a Guinness record on that one alone, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, you know, it's a um, – but it's, but I also know, okay, if I can stop and be present and, and be with someone, even for five seconds, five to 10 seconds to pose for a picture, high five, you know, it, it, it's, it can be, a, you can create a, a memory that lasts a lifetime for people. I mean, oh, I, I, I remember when I met the Fanatic for the first time, it was 1978. It was the first year Fanatic came out. We had a run in right behind the 200 level. I, he gave me a big smooch. I spit it out because I knew he was going to spit it out. And, um, you know, so, so it really has a, a an impact. Um, huh. I so think it's I, amazing that you had, you know, the first year the fanatic was the fanatic that you yeah. had that impression experience. Right. And then that carried through. My dad, he, he, he knew how much of a fan I was of not only the Phillies, of course, but he knew how much I loved the fanatic. And so we would go down and, uh, you know, and my brothers and sisters, and we would just, you know, laugh at the fanatic and enjoy the games. But, um, but to remember an encounter that happened, you know, 40 years ago, now it boggles my mind. Yeah, you know, I've, how many encounters the Fanatic has had since, you know, I've been doing this and, you know, if, if, you know, times that by all those kind of magical encounters. And it's, uh, it's pretty cool to know, you know, that maybe you've, you've you know, made some people smile. Well, I mean, uh, it's, I mean, of course, you, you know, in answering that, you, you know, you be, you are my, you're a modest guy, um, but you do more than make people smile and you do create those lasting impressions. And uh, you certainly have for me, you know, with my dad at, at the games, it's just, it's just all, of course, I think everybody who encounters him, uh, uh, you know, and, and you being his best friend uh, are, are all the better for it. I love the point uh, before we move on to the third when you talk about always being on and of course you're a performer and you must have a little bit, uh, you know, lesser days than, than other days. But when you're, you know, when you're him, you always have to be on. And it's a great reminder for anybody, you know, it's mm -hmm. not that you're being a performer, but it's that authenticity and that, um, you know, you and I were talking a little bit about the, about the, you know, uh, Zisms, you know, my book, and one of the things that we talk about are those energy exchanges and how mm -hmm. people affect each other, and that there's a you know a personal responsibility that we have uh, to affect other people positively, ideally, and to not do so negatively. And so, you know, every one of those encounters uh, does matter, and and do matter. Yes, um, absolutely. Yeah. So, <laughs> thank you, thank you, Tom. Um, and so I don't know if you're keeping these on level ground or this third one that you have maybe kind of stands above. Well, uh, what do you one, have in mind? Uh, this one I really think pertains to uh, the current situation that we're in. Mm -hmm. And um, it's called the seventh inning celebration, dance and be optimistic no matter what the score. And, um, you know, in the, in the, we're all encountering, you know, a lot of some hardship, you know, with this uh, COVID-19 yeah. and the pandemic. Um, and it, to relate it back to the fanatic, you know, uh, it's, it's a time of the game in that seventh inning where, you know, I, uh, the fanatic comes down the steps, uh, from the, the main concourse down to the dugout every night in the bottom of the seventh inning. And, you know, Hey, there are times where we might be losing, you know, by 10 runs, it happens. Uh, or maybe the weather right. stinks or, you know, we've lost 
you know, 10 in a row. Uh, you just don't know. But it's kind of neat because, you know, the Fanatic goes down the steps and then you, you kind of feel the energy a little bit pick up. People are excited to see the Fanatic. Right. Jumps up onto the dugout. And then at the end of the inning, they play music. And sometimes I might have some people lined up to, to dance. Or usually the best times are when you just pull somebody up onto the dugout, a la, you know, Bruce right. Springsteen and Courtney Cox, you know. Right, of course. Yeah. Just very spontaneous, have some fun. And it's great, you know, for two minutes, you know, we're dancing, we're having fun. And uh, no matter what the score. Now, it is interesting. The music ends, the fanatic disappears, and the Phillies are usually still living. You know, they could be still losing 10 nothing. But, but you uh, are the highlight of a lot of those games. <laughs> it's true. I hadn't really thought about it. But, I mean, you can't win them all. And sometimes yeah, so, you don't win them all by a lot. And then, no, So, you know, so it's not always peaches and cream. You know, life's not always, uh, you know, uh, goes the way you think it's going to go. Um, but if you can live, you know, just, uh, you know, and you're optimistic, you have an optimistic nature and just a, a good nature, uh, every day and Matt, you hit the nail on the head, you know, be authentic, you know, it really has to be authentic. People kind of see right through, uh, you know, somebody who's phony, but, um, you know, if you can be authentic, have what we call, uh, the fanatic, Evan and I, we were talking, it's like the fanatic has an outward expression of optimism. I'm like, that's pretty good. An outward expression of optimism. Right. And that's just kind of how the fanatic carries himself. You know, he goes in, he's high five, he's, you know, he's always on, he's having fun. And, you know, if we have a little bit of a, the fanatic in us, then, you know, then uh, like, you know, even when the chips are down, you know, it isn't so bad. It's amazing. I mean, just just the expressions on everybody's faces as you approach them, just that positivity, yeah. you know, in their reaction to you has to feel so good. How, how well can you see? Out of, out of the you know, uh yeah not too bad you know not too bad yeah not too bad it's a little furry but uh it's got a big head so <laughs> you know, it's like you where know. you know where do you see out of it you know um i won't ask but you know maybe i'll see you one of the games i know you can't talk to me then you know we haven't nope. had those conversations but you'll know who i am <laughs> absolutely you know? and you know he's him and you're you so we'll, we'll we'll leave it at that um i'd like to go back to the wheel one more time if sure. that if that works Let's for you uh, just just one more uh, insight about Tom Burgoyne. I love the wheel. I know. It's my wife's idea originally. I can't take I love credit. It. Oh, this is funny. Now, that's funny. It's second favorite sport. And the funny thing is, of course, you know, for this interview, I was able to put certain questions on that were unique to you. Not, not everyone, but you, you've gotten a few of them. Um, you were talking about growing up and around Philly, just being a huge sports kid. Um, I, I have to assume you have to say baseball is your top sport. I won't even question that. <laughs> what, what comes second for you? Yeah, I'd say, uh, probably basketball. Uh, and it's, yeah, as a kid, I played basketball, football, and, uh, baseball and, um, you know, uh, but basketball, uh, especially, you know, back in the day, I was such a big 76ers fan, uh, when Julius Irving sure. was on the Dr. team, Dr. J yeah. Doc was my man. And so, uh, you know, I was again, just a completely out of my mind Sixers fan still am, you know, still am still love playing. Uh, still love watching the Sixers went to, I wish I went to a better basketball college, you know, uh, I shouldn't say that. I mean, Drexel has well, at least, you know, uh, they're in the, it was the big five. Is that basically? Uh, yeah, the big six. The, oh, the, the big six now. That's yeah. right. That's right. uh, and I used to go to all the games when I was in, in college, but, um, uh, yeah, part of me is wish I had gone to a, a school that had the, you know, all the, the, you know, the, the big sports programs, but, uh, but no, I'd say basketball is probably number two. Wow. Got it. Now, now do your, do your boys play? 
they all there's different they grew up doing different things uh, my yeah. oldest son played baseball my middle son played uh, soccer very competitive soccer and then uh, my third son is a gymnast wow so, uh, yeah so they all got did their own thing which is really cool that's incredible. Yeah, they're not boys anymore either. They're all grown men. Yeah. You know, raise, raise, raise your family. Tom, you know, before we wrap up here, I would, you know, I know we talked about different things with, with your book and uh, whatnot, but I want to give you some open space, you know, anything you want to talk about, uh, what's coming up for you and, uh, and, and for your, your best friend. Yeah, well, it's been, like I said, it's been a challenge, you know, uh, with the games, you know, we've been having to reschedule games. Um, right. uh, hopefully everybody's staying healthy. Uh, it's been a challenge for the fanatic because like I said, you know, usually you're going where the party is. And so, uh, you know, I'm doing this podcast. You mentioned there are fanatic pictures behind me. I'm in my home office. Right. I usually don't have fanatic pictures on the, it's all usually all the kids, but we've done a lot of virtual appearances as the fanatic. We've had to change some things up. Ah. Uh, just today, actually, uh, we went and did a little drive by fanatic on the back of a pickup truck and was delivering, uh, seasons pizzas to, uh, the healthcare workers at Nemours Children's Hospital. And uh, it was really, you know, pretty awesome to, you know, just bring a little joy to their lives. And I'm here to say thank you, thank you, thank you to yes. all you nurses and doctors and healthcare workers. Well said. Uh, you're doing a great job. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll all get this through this together. Hopefully we'll have baseball. We can get into a groove with some of these games and, uh, you know, keep looking for the Fanatic. Uh, he's, he's, he likes getting a little airtime. Nobody's in the park watching what the Fanatic is doing. So right. unless it's on our social media or, uh, you know, is, is being broadcast and nobody's seeing this. I'm entertaining myself basically. Well, so, you know, uh, they've shown you quite a bit, like with Bryce Harper's head, you know, and it's interesting yeah. to the point made earlier, you know, very briefly, like when the team is down and the fans are looking for that lift, you know, that that's you and your friend. And, you know, here we are in the situation that we're in and you, you know, you're that, that familiar connection, that nostalgia everyone has, even though they can't be at the park, just to see you on camera, mm -hmm. uh, I, I really think is, it, it was a lift for me. I'm sure it's a lift for, yeah. for a lot of people. So keep doing what you're doing as if I have to say that, right, in a 30-second season. Um, but I just want to thank you so much for being my guest. Please give uh, my best regards to your best friend. And I look forward to seeing him at the park and, and maybe you another time. I know that you're not going to be uh, together per se. Um, thank you, Tom. I really All right. You got it. it. Hey, man, it was my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed this episode of insights to live by. Be sure to connect with me on Instagram and Twitter at Matthew Zinman and join our community at insights to live by.com wishing you and yours an enriching day. And we'll see you next time.